0: My beloved in Jesus Christ, our Lord, every time we come to this gospel reading about the apostles leaving their boats and nets at shore, of course, I go back to my own calling of the priesthood and how I left everything, um, literally, well, except for Bonnie, Kelly and the kids, uh, to, to follow. But I really don't want to focus on that. There's another aspect that I always bring up maybe every four or five years about this when I hear this gospel, and that comes from the movie, Cecil B. DeMille's movie, my, you know, my favorite movie, Ben-Hur, Judah Ben-Hur, and when I, that, my favorite scene, which is probably to me the saddest scene in the movie, is remember, if you've seen that movie, if not, you've got to go watch it. Judah Ben-Hur had been, because of a maliciousness of his, one of his friends, Marcellus, he was um, betrayed, so put into slavery on a boat as a oarsman. And the boat he was on sank, but he saved the general. The general made him his son. The general was a Roman officer. And Ju, um, Judah Ben-Hur lived with him for a while. But then Judah was still bent, was hell-bent, and vindication on revenge against the wrong that was done to him and his family. So when he was set free, the next scene we have, and the camera is taken from the back of Jesus' head, and he's on the Sermon of the Mount, and you see Judas Ben-Hur walking up over the horizon coming, and Jesus is talking about the Beatitudes. And you see Judah Ben-Hur coming. And as He's coming, Jesus starts to, you know, He's looking right at Him, yet everybody else thinks Jesus Jesus is talking directly to them. But Judas, Ben-Hur, knows these words are for Him because He comes up and He stops and He's listening. But the revenge and the hardness of His heart is so hard then when he hears those words of love, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the merciful. Judah Ben Hur can't take it, and he begins to walk away. And the camera pans behind our Lord as he's watching Judah Ben Hur choosing to walk away. These crowd, the crowd that was there was just enthralled with every word Jesus spoke. And we get that in our gospel today, the second gospel that we had for the Sunday. It said that he was at the lake of Gennesaret, and the people were pressing in hard to hear the word of God. Pressing hard to hear. As Herod Antipas would say, he, as the gospel say of him, he was attracted by the words of the Baptist. And the words of Christ must have been something far greater. How attractive and powerful those words must have been. And yet, for Judas to walk away, eventually, of course, he would find forgiveness and redemption. This group of people is gathered around Jesus but the lake of Gennesaret. And Jesus can't even get away from people to catch your breath because they're pressing in so hard so he gets into the boat. And we know that if you've ever been a fisherman or sitting on the lake, how it echoes and so it magnifies, it amplifies Jesus' voice and he teaches. Now Peter, James, and John were there. And Jesus isn't new to them because they were with Peter when Jesus healed his mother-in-law and they were there prior to that when Jesus healed a man with a mute spirit. So they've seen Jesus' work before, and they've had dialogue with Him. But the words this day must have struck a chord. This day, they were ready to hear. Before, it might have been a show about the miracle. But this day, they were ready to hear. Jesus says, put out into the deep and lower your nets for a catch. These are Caesared fishermen. They know that daytime is not the time to catch fish. It's at night. And you don't go on the deep. You stay in the shallows or the shoals. That's where the net works the best. But he says to do something completely different than they're used to. And they do it. And we know what happens. And so overwhelmed is Peter that he falls down. Leave me, Lord, I am a sinful man. He is aware that he is in the presence of somebody completely other. Not only were his words so piercing, but his actions so powerful, they brought him to his knees. We know he was afraid. Because Jesus addresses it. Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishers of men. When Jesus came to call him, he wasn't going through the neighborhoods and the villages looking for, oh, you would be a good candidate. Give me your, your, your curriculum vitae and let me see what you got. and You'd be a good candidate because you got strong bones. And No. He didn't look at people the way that you and I would look at them. He looked at them through the eyes of mercy, through the eyes of their humanity and their brokenness, and what they could bring to salvation. He looked at the weakest ones, the ones who could give, that they themselves felt they could give nothing, and he chose them. And they were willing to leave the boat and net ashore because the conviction, the divine energies that were pouring out of every word he spoke pierced the heart Yes, it was still a rocky road for them to start with, especially when Peter betrayed him and when he was crucified. But Jesus gave them just enough to strengthen them to get them through so that they would go now and become fishers of men as they had been taught. Jesus didn't just say, follow me and you know, mimic what I do. No, imitate my pattern of life, the way I live, the way I show mercy, the way I show kindness, the way I show forgiveness, the way I show love. This is the life that you're to live. This is the life you're to take out into the world. And how do you do it? I'm going to give you my church, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will overcome. And so how do we hear the power of these words today? How are we not... So inclined to press to hear the word of God when we came here this night. Because every divine liturgy, it's the power of that word of Christ speaking to us. His words penetrating our hearts. It says in the letter to the Hebrews that Jesus is the very imprint of the Father. And this divine liturgy is the very imprint of the heavenly liturgy. That's how united we are to heaven and earth in this divine liturgy through the mediator, Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when we celebrate this liturgy, we are there at the Lake of Gennesaret, and the power of the word of Christ that spoke on that boat that the people were pressing to hear is being spoken to tonight. When we hear the divine praises... When we hear the gospel proclaimed. You know, it's interesting. You can read the gospel at home, and you can read it by a lake, and you can read it in a group. But it's never more powerful than when it's read in the Eucharistic assembly. Because that is the font. That's where it has power the most. And then we take it out and we live it. Peter, James, and John would follow. And they would stumble and fall, but at the end they would triumph through the power of Christ. Judah Ben-Hur struggled too. His heart was hardened. But eventually it would be broken by the touch of Christ that had touched him so many years earlier in the story. Let us not let our hearts be hardened. Because we won't hear the words. We won't be moved. We won't be desiring to press to hear. And this is where it comes, our life as a Christian is coming. We have to live in such a manner that our whole focus in life is hearing that very word of God. And doing it. That that imprint, the very imprint of the Father, Jesus Christ, is imprinted in us. And we're not just following in a usual manner of following like sheep led to slaughter. No, we're following in a way that reflects Him and His love and His mercy and kindness. Not just doing what Jesus would do, but becoming Him. Yes, many are called to give up everything. In fact, everybody is not necessarily their their jobs or their homes, but we're all called to give up something. What is that one thing that is keeping us from allowing our hearts to open up, to hear that word to such an extent that we are pressed to hear it even more? What passion is that we have to cut out? What anger is that we have to uproot? Who have we not forgiven that we are holding a grudge over? That's... find ourselves bound. We do this, and then His words, come follow me, will ring a sweet sound in our heart, and we, like Peter, James, and John, will follow.